0: love talk radio hello and welcome to speak on it history and genealogy conversation with Janice and we invite you to join us on Thursdays at 8 p.m. for an engaging exchange with us and our special guests as we cover various topics regarding history genealogy and your personal family history stories
1: Hello, I'm Janice Gilliard. And I'm Chericana Feliciano. Welcome to Speak On It, History and Genealogy Conversations with Janice and Chericana. Thank you for joining us. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Today, we are joined by our guest, Rodney Sam.
0: Rodney Sam is a graduate of Prairie View A&M University. His family has deep Louisiana Creole roots that extend to the beginning of the colony. He is passionate regarding learning the history, genealogy, and culture of his Louisiana Creole ancestors, including his paternal seventh-great-grandmother, his oldest known ancestor of African descent. Rodney is an expert on the history of Creoles in St. Landry and Evangeline Parish. Currently, he is a library services specialist for the Clayton Library Center for Genealogical Research in Houston. One of the top genealogy research centers in the country he is also a frequent poster on our black ancestry's facebook page which is how we met welcome to speak on it rodney
2: hello how are you guys doing today i'm glad 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 to be on the show
0: oh thank (laughs) you we're we're happy to have you um we're going to go ahead and get started and so rodney our first question we'd like for you to share with our listeners how long have you have researched your family history and what led you to begin your genealogy journey?
2: Um, well, um, I've, I've been doing it for over 20 years now. So so when I was maybe like 18 and 19, I remember watching the television series Roots, you know, written by Alex Haley. Mm-hmm. And yes. watching the show, it, it made me want to be curious, like, who are my ancestors to? So after watching that show, uh, I started buying all these books about how to do African-American genealogy so I went through the books and I kind of followed the steps like I, I, I talked to the oldest family members I could find and everything and that's kind of how I started you know all those years ago I was maybe like 20 years old I was a kid so it's been so it's been a good 20 20 year journey I, I would say wow that's awesome thanks thanks so
1: Rodney how did you discover or learn about your seventh-grade grandmother
2: Oh wow, that's a, a good, good question. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, this is on my on, on my dad's side. So when, when I began researching my uh, dad's father's side, uh, I, I realized well when I first started doing his side, I, I got back pretty far pretty easily, and mm-hmm. it started when I realized that my dad's ancestors were free persons of color. And I was shocked because I thought all my ancestors were slaves. So they kind of started with that. Right. And and as I started tracing back further and further, and I started wondering, like, when were my ancestors slaves and how did they become free? So that's kind of how, how it started. And then when I kept going, I, I came across an ancestor who had this name, Mossy, you know, in, in the records, you know, so in every – person and I started looking up every person named Mossy out of curiosity and they were all uh-huh. like free free people in, in the records and I and I and, I, and then I eventually kept digging and I realized all these people with the name were all connected they all came from the same plantation of this earlier slave owner in the area that came to Louisiana in the 1740s I guess and I realized that there was a slave named Marie on there She's from Africa, and I didn't know she was related to me at the time. It, it, just, it was only two years later that I realized she was a lady. When mm. DNA came in, I started getting DNA matches, <laughs> and then I started, like, researching <laughs> DNA matches, and then it's, it's, and I kept finding all kinds of records and stuff like that. It's just a, It was a long process. It, so, you know, so I, I realized that I was related to her when, one, the DNA matches, and then I started researching right. them. And then I found a will that she made that she named my ancestors one of her, her kids, so so that kinda Okay started. it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot, you know.
1: Yeah, so we'll definitely touch on the will. Um, but you know, you you mentioned her name, you know, she's listed as Marie Senegal. Can you share why she's um listed as such?
2: Well, okay, well in the original, like she was she was baptized. Like in 1756, though, mm-hmm. so in the original record in French, it says Marie Nation signaling French means, like, for the Senegal nation. And that was right. the biggest, uh, ethnic identifier that a lot of the earlier French recorders used to denote Africans of that nation. So it's kind of vague on where Senegal is, but usually it says Sen- Seneca can be an area because the mm-hmm. early uh, French they preferred Plays that was from that area, who were Yolo, Fulani, so Senegal means she's from that that region. So I, I don't right. know okay. whether she was, you know. So that, that's kind of what it is. It means she's she's a of that of the ethnic ethnic group, of the, you know, the nation at least at that time. So that's exciting,
1: very very cool.
0: During a previous conversation, Rodney, you noted that Catholic records are an excellent resource to research. Please explain why and some of the resources that can be helpful while conducting genealogy research, for example, baptismal records.
2: The Catholic records are are very excellent because they provide a biographical uh, detail on, on each of the people. Like For example, if you look at the record, it includes the name of the person being baptized, their date of birth and date of baptism it names the parents and the maiden name of the mother, if known, and it also includes the, um, the godparents and godmother who were usually relatives or friends of the family so they're they're generally connected to people and includes uh, also uh, slaves were baptized in the Catholic church so so you have names of slaves and their birth dates <laughs> and and also wow. they were married too so you could find you could find marriages of slaves. And some of the records do as well, so and you can use, if you have Catholic records, you can literally trace your family through several generations, going from one record to the next. Especially if they were calibers through several generations, so you could literally go to like eighteen seventy or eighteen sixty five pretty easily if your ancestors were also calibers. You can find them pretty easy because they pretty much almost list the parents, so it's a it's a you can reconstruct your um, family history just. By using those records alone, really?
0: Are they online? Are the records online, or
2: did um, you actually go to their the parish, parish? I mean, it, it, it depends. I know in New Orleans, they have the Diocese of uh, New Orleans. They have like a uh, their, their website. They have some of their old colonial um, Catholic records. So, and also um, family search has quite a bit. It depends. I know for Texas, for example, they have they have some Catholic records of, of of different counties, like of Catholic churches that were like uh, founded by mostly people from Louisiana, so so mm-hmm. you can find like some of that on there. So, and then there's others, uh, I don't know. Some some of it is not online, and then some of it is. I know like uh, the South Louisiana records is a is a collection made by a priest in Louisiana. You can you can find that usually at some genealog- genealogical library. So it's some mm-hmm. some some are online, some are in published book form. And some you have to really right. go to the archives. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so yeah. that's what I was mm-hmm. going to ask
2: you next. Have you actually
0: been there? Have you ever, um, you know, have you done a little bit of both, actually, research there physically or only online?
2: Uh, I've done. I've done. I've done stuff like in, on a, I went to the courthouse and did some digging. Um, cool. And I, I've also contacted. The, well, actually, a lot of this stuff actually is online. It's, it's so. I would say I, I used to call, like, churches and stuff back then, and they send me, like, baptism mm-hmm. records, or i go to the archives. So it's really – I never really had to go in person there because a lot of times it was either on the telephone or, or it was online, or they have, like, a state archive that they can just send digital scans. So they're making it – they made it more accessible, you know, as far as, like, you, you're able to acquire Catholic records without having to physically go there, especially in the part of Louisiana where – a lot of the records, a lot of it is still in, in a courthouse or in an archive, so. Okay.
0: Very cool. Before we move on, just are the records legible? Like, is it hard to read them? Are they in different languages?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're in different languages. They're in all three languages. Uh, there are some in English, some in French, and some in Spanish. <laughs> Uh, okay. I mean, like, I, I, like, uh, yeah, like for example, my great grandfather's baptism record is in French, and he was born in 1900. So, mm. so, and some of them are not legible. Like I said, it, like a lot of these records date from the 18th century, and yeah, and I've had I've had help from people to help translate uh, certain things for me, especially the ones that are really hard to read. But usually, okay. you can pick out. Phrases that I know to look for, like son of, daughter of, or you know, like like that, or to have, right. yeah, you know, color descriptions like uh, free mulatto or free. You know, they they have different descriptors for people who are, like of color, of different complexions, and everything. So,
1: hmm, that's a really good question because it definitely opens <laughs> up uh, another conversation about, yeah, language. You know, Um yeah, so, and having, so and dealing with three different that,
2: languages yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Okay. Yeah. So, to our listeners, if you're doing Louisiana research, um, definitely be prepared for having to either brush up on Spanish and French or find a
2: translator. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because some uh, of it is like, yeah. Mhm.
1: No. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I, I was saying like because some some of the, some of this some of the colonial stuff it's is almost like sometimes you have to have a historian that can help you out too sometimes, or someone that can mm-hmm. like understand the the context of the. What works are found that can help you interpret it. So, because you know you're dealing with like historical records as well too. So it's kind of right. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. You know.
1: <laughs> good tips. Good tips. Um. So Rodney, you mentioned a will. Um. You mentioned Marie wrote her her will. Um. But in your research, did you find Marie listed in a will? Um. But you know, emancipation and you know, did she marry and have children?
2: Yes, will. She uh, the oldest church in uh, Southwest Louisiana is uh, Saint Martin du Tours, it's in Saint Martinville. And the mm-hmm. first entry in there is a, of of her baptism and a marriage from seventeen fifty six. She married a, an Afric a Manday guy. He was an African, she married that was his first marriage she married. And some of the kids wow. that you have with them, they're baptized their baptisms appear in the in their in the old Catholic registries. And the story about now, she was emancipated, like, uh, you know, the man who held her in slavery, he freed all of his slaves before he died. He freed every last one of them. And, wow. Yeah. And a friend of mine, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> that was all. <laughs> well, we, we can never, like, me and my friend of mine was trying to, like, figure out the original, how she became free. It took a long time to figure it out, but it, uh, it was in a land dispute, maybe, like, a, almost 100 years later by the descendants Wow. Uh, yeah, see, the, the slave owner was a man named Andre Massey, and he had a business partner. Well, the descendants <laughs> of the business partner had a land dispute almost a century later, and, and within the land dispute, they referenced the lost will that the slave owner made before he died, freeing her. He, he, she was emancipated, and he, he listed her name and her children. Mm-hmm. He listed all the families of the slaves that he freed in their family groups. So she was emancipated wow. in 1769. Yeah, he said, this is the mother, this is the son, this is the grandkids. This this is the mother of this group. And he listed all the, the family relationships because he, he pretty much, he said they were all, like, united into one family. So that's kind of what he said. So so she was freed wow. along with her son in 1769. Yeah, it's a very unique type type record. And... So she was emancipated in 1769, and and I, and when I was looking through some of the St. Martinville archives o- online digital, I, I found her mm-hmm. her will. She made a will in 1775. Wow! And when I had someone yeah, when I had someone translate it, she was up there in age of ten or seventies, and when I had somebody translate it, basically said that she was getting up there in age and and she wanted to leave whatever property she had left. To her, her uh, two adult children, and her and two grandchildren of her deceased daughters. So basically, she listed the two kids, the adult children, and I. Marie was one of the ones she listed. and That was my ancestors, and that's how I discovered my my link to her. Like, I was like, Cause oh wow, because I matched the I matched the I shared DNA with a descendant of her brother, Marie's son. So mm-hmm. when I talked to a lady and I, re- I found it, so they actually confirmed the DNA. So she was listed in there as one of the adult kids. So she just left her. She had cattle. She had cattle. You know, that's kind of what the you know when the slave owner died. Basically, uh, they were all like they had they had a lot. Of, they had cattle and stuff. But that's what they did. So so she left some uh-huh. cattle, and that's how I found my. That's how I confirmed my connection to her at least. But yeah, she was she was she was up there in age. You know, she just had her will. Dictated, you know, and so it's pretty interesting. It's a lot, you know. It is <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah. No, but
1: you p- kind of hit a, a genealogy uh, lottery.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, I- <laughs> it's pretty rare to find like an African. Well, actually, if you're from Louisiana and your ancestors are Louisiana Creoles, the odds of you finding African is probably higher than mm. uh, than maybe someone from Virginia or South Carolina because the French and Spanish. They, they kept more detailed There they was they kept a lot of details right. about the ethnic identity of some of the Africans. So a lot of times you see a wheel where you might see a whole plantation of seven Africans, they'll list the ethnic identity of every single one of them. <laughs> so, wow. So, wow. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. How far back have you traced your family history?
2: Uh, well, let me see. Marie, she was born in 1699. So she's by the oldest. And so... My ancestor, her her daughter was born in like seventeen thirty, so I would say eighteenth century on some sides. Yeah. On, on on my dad's side well into the eighteenth century. So
0: Okay. And during our conversation earlier, um you spoke about the native tribe indigenous tribe rather to Louisiana. Do you have information that you could share briefly before we move on?
2: Okay. Yes. Well, um, I think it was
0: the Cheetah Macha. You can say it better than I can.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Chita Macha. Yeah, the ch- ch- Macha. Yeah, the they're okay. um, they a, a Native American tribe. They live around Carrington in St. Mary Parish. And what's interesting about them is, uh, well, all these uh, slaves, my ancestors, we were all part of. They were all part of the Massey like estate. So, where where they were you know, where his farm was and stuff where they were like slaves isn't is, is far from the original settlement of the, the Chittimaka, like nation. So basically the the Masi slaves interacted with Chittimaka Native Americans of that area, and over time they intermarried. So like mm. one of Marie's of Africa, her son Andre, he married two Native American women, and he had kids by the second wife, and their descendants, form part of the Chittamaca tribe today. So I'm wow. definitely related to some of them because we have a shared African ancestor, so Right. So they just kinda of, they just kinda of assimilated. I mean, I there's even a um I came across an anthropology journal from like eighteen from the eighteen eighties where this uh, anthropologist he traveled to Louisiana to study uh the Chittamaco language and culture and one of the informats who knew most about it was a black man named Baptiste Angelique, and huh. he spoke he spoke his na- he spoke That was like his first language, that's who he preferred to speak in. And wow. the assumed, yeah, yeah. And assumed he was a slave. And me, I was looking at it and I said, I wonder if he's one of my relatives because, like, <laughs> for a man of color to speak a Native American language as a, as his preferred language, his natural language. I couldn't imagine he had to have been yeah, here. He probably wasn't a slave, and I was right when I kept digging. I found out that his mother was actually my uh, my ancestor's sister.
1: Wow! And he was born free, and yeah. he, he grew
2: up basically in the Native American settlement. So that's how I knew so much about him because he grew up around them <laughs> So, but yeah, wow. that's now. Are you side note? The,
0: the, I'm sorry. The the tribe is it spelled C H I T I M A C H A? Is that correct?
2: Um, well, D H <laughs> I T I M A D H A. I was just thinking for our I listeners to... I believe
0: that's what you gave me I just wanted to confirm it So.
2: Yeah, let me see
0: Okay And then
2: M A. H A.
0: H A. Mhm. And that's indigenous yeah. to Louisiana You said, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they're one of the um, They're one of several tribes That, that live in Louisiana Besides the Cato K- and the uh, you know, in the Kashata, so the Chinamakers are more towards St. Mary. So, yes. Okay.
0: Have you connected with anyone? Have you spoken to anyone from that tribe?
2: Uh, I've emailed. Well, the one lady when I mentioned earlier with the DNA connection, she's actually her her dad was actually Chinamaker. So, oh, and okay. yeah, okay. yeah. So, and I kind of helped her basically solve her brick wall. <laughs> Because I found her answer. Very all cool. And yeah, when I found her answer, I found her a will and it listed all the kids, all the heirs. Sure. I'm like, it listed your grandfather's parents you were looking for, and but yeah, she was she was she was she's a Chinamaca, and 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 they're they're very mixed. Like a lot of Chinamancias, they have a lot of European ancestry too, and they have they have some African. So they mixed in with all those people over the years. So so right. so that's another thing about. But they got their identity really maternally because the Native American women either had children by a European guy or they had children by an African guy. <laughs> so in right. a right. we became members of the tribe. So yeah.
0: Okay. So we touched on our, our next question a little bit, but um just to be thorough, have you connected with other researchers who are descendants of your seventh great grandmother Marie through DNA or via a family tree online?
2: Oh yeah, both. Uh I'm friends I'm friends with some of them on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, Some of them showed up in uni matches. Um, I became friends with some of them on Facebook, uh, uh, Ancestry. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were kind of shocked. They didn't know either. I mean, they knew a little, but they Mm -hmm. didn't know about her, and they was kind of surprised. So, yeah, yeah, a bunch of them. I mean, they they live everywhere. I mean, they're they're all kind of backgrounds. I mean, some of them are are white, some of them are African-American, some of them are Creole, some of them are Indian, some of them are, you know. (laughs) Right, they're, right,
0: right, right, variety
2: simulated to everybody did you so it's kinda like yeah, did you
0: find most of them? I'm so sorry, did you find most of them through d n a or um through family trees
2: <laughs> uh, do, 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 do both um, like when I first okay uh, started it was it was through like Facebook and ancestry, and then I started seeing some DNA. and i like I kind like and that's how I kinda it's like a mixture of all those three, so so I kinda i right. saw eventually i gradually like. You know, just especially on Facebook, we got all these genealogy groups and stuff. A lot of them in the genealogy groups. So, I mean, she has a lot of descendants. So, and it's a ton of intermarriage too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, 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 yeah. So but yeah, it's this, uh, this is, yeah. So yeah, of course.
1: Awesome. Okay. Great. Yeah, it's, uh, my Facebook has turned into a bit of a mini online family reunion as well. <laughs> And I, yeah, like like so kinda I like it like, like,
2: like that. it's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> like a long walk. Um,
1: so, so, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's a great way to keep in touch and, you know, learn new stuff. Um, so, Rodney, Louisiana culture um, has deep roots in the United States, um, but it's come into the mainstream spotlight, you know, in part, not solely because of, but in part because of, uh, uh, mega-superstar Beyonce, <laughs> um, you know, particularly from her line in uh, Formation. So as someone of that lineage, though, what would you like people to know
2: about Creole culture? Um, I would say, importantly, I think it's important to clear a lot of the misconceptions people have about it. Um, for, for example, there's this perception that Creoles equal people who are "Quote unquote" mix and all this kind of stuff. They think it's a colored thing, and and also, you know, that can. I want to let people know that uh, Creole historically was an ethnic identity that was shared by different people in Louisiana. So, if all your ancestors mm-hmm. were from Europe, you would be a Creole. If most of your ancestors were African, you, would be a Creole. If you were expelled. If your if your ancestors were both of those, you were still Creole. So, it would have united those people is an identity that was linked by language, by religion, you know, by by culture. So it was a cultural identity that transcends the idea of, like, color and all that stuff. So so an idea of how it morphed and this thing about being mixed, it started with when the Americans took over Louisiana, they were kind of freaked out about all these people who called themselves Creole who were, like, different colors and different ethnicities to them. So they had, like, people who they thought were white, oh, I'm Creole. That were black. Oh, I'm mm. they was kinda it, it was like that because uh they they had a different culture about mixing with people and different so it kinda they couldn't it was kinda confused them 'cause uh when you come from a right. culture where everything is like you think in black and white, whereas Louisiana before the English they didn't have a concept of like of like black or white, anything like that. They didn't have like a racial type right. so It was the
1: culture. So. Right.
2: It, it, was, it was a little different. Like they didn't, they didn't divide their population into black and white. It was, it, was, it was kind of like Brazil or Puerto Rico. It was kind of like that. So,
1: right, So I would like right.
2: to at least that up. Yeah. Well,
1: that's great. That's really, really cool. Um, very important to clear up misconceptions for sure. Um, and then finally, can you share, you know, with our listeners some parting words regarding researching their family history?
2: I would say. Don't give up. Stay, stay persistent. Mm. Just, just keep on the hunt. I mean, sometimes it can get frustrating, and challenging, and so yeah. I mean, it's not a straight, narrow path. Sometimes you go backwards. Sometimes you go forward. Sometimes you stop for a while because you get annoyed, but you just kind of have to just keep going. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, I've had times I have got frustrated. I left I said, I'm not going to touch this family for like two years. You know, <laughs> so I, I would right. say that. just just persist and just keep keep going and just, you know, it's a it's a process. It's not it's not a straight process. It's like it's full of turns and, you know, that kind of thing. So I would say that, just kind of just keep an open mind too because you, you, I, I've been surprised at what I've found and I had to, like, re- rethink, you know, ideas that I've always thought. I was like, okay, that can't be, that's not true or that's impossible. I had to, like, re- rethink that. So I had to question a lot of things that I've learned Doing this research, so yeah. So I would say that those are my parting words.
1: Right, Rodney, Well,
2: Thank you. Do
1: you have what one,
0: one second. I'm sorry. Do you have any plans to write about what you found so far?
2: Well, in I mean, in terms I mean, of publishing last, anything, mm-hmm. I've been saying that for the last ten years. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would, I would like to. I mean, I, I mean, I, I want to. I, I just have to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's a lot. I can I mean, it's it's a lot. I mean,
1: yeah, you you need write to cuz you it. know a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah, I I know a lot.
2: Each question you gave me, I can literally like, man, say all kind of stuff about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There
1: you go. The start is right there. <laughs> well, Rodney, thank you so much for sharing with us and our listeners. Um, and if he writes a book, listeners, you can be on the lookout for uh, you know, a history of Louisiana Creoles uh, by Rodney Sam.
2: <laughs> so yeah, to our name listeners, is easy thank to you. Remember, so, you know, so yeah. <laughs>
1: Say what? Say that again.
2: I so, said so my name is easy to remember. Everybody remembers the name Rodney Sam ah, for some reason, good point. But, ah,
1: yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> so to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, we look forward to sharing with you during our next segment of Speak on It.
0: Speak On It is a podcast and is immediately available to listen to at your leisure. This show is sponsored by Bernice Bennett of Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. Thank you.